Welcome to the Sex Magic Podcast, where we explore the connections between sexuality and spirituality, the various cultures and traditions of sex magic, and conversations about everything in between, led by a coven of curious modern witches. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Instagram is Sex Magic Podcast, our website is sexmagicpodcast.com, and if you want to send us an email, sexmagicpodcast at gmail.com. I am so, so excited. Today, I am joined by the dynamic Cheche Luna, and we are honored to have you on the show. I feel feel like your work really resonates and weaves into so much of what we're passionate about here. So thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> uh, so... Would you like to kind of share what, uh, who you are and what you're weaving into this world um, and share with our listeners? Yeah, I would love to. So I am a pleasure and sex educator and also a lover of movement and wiggling and dancing and love to combine those worlds and to see how movement and education around our sexual expressions, gender, orientation, how all of that gets to help us reclaim our bodies, help us reclaim our pleasure, and find a deeper sense of self. Um, What else about me? Uh, I... I love being able to use my lived experience as a non-binary person of color that can allow that lived experience to be a root of my work. And um, I mainly work with queer people of color uh, that are just seeking some mirroring or reflection or guidance around their own beings and existence like outside of what is like labeled as normative Mm. wow that's really powerful work thank you i'm so grateful it feels like such a gift that i get to be doing this work in this lifetime Mm, Yeah. You know, everything that I have read of yours and seen of yours just really seems connected to uh, like vitality and source energy. And I was curious what your relationship to spirituality is, where it began and perhaps where it is now. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I love that question. Um, (laughs) I actually grew up in like with a father that was Catholic and a mother that was in that period of time when I was younger, like in more of this atheist space. So it was really interesting to grow up in a household where there was a, like that difference of belief systems. And I was kind of dancing, like it kind of, in between and like finding what is resonating with me, what isn't, it was interesting. And there's some trauma for sure. And as a little queer baby, like 
being in the church and feeling really a lot of shame and fear and guilt around my sexuality. I would say that as it wasn't until like early adulthood that I started to feel safe enough to explore what is my own spirituality and how does that intersect with my sexuality. It feels this is evolving like every moment for me, I feel like, but (laughs) (laughs) never ending journey. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It feels like my spirituality, like the pillars of it are deeply rooted in the elements in earth and the eroticism and nurturance that comes through uh, those connections. Um, So it feels, yeah, I love that you use the word vitality because I feel like, to me, like erotic energy is life source and mm-hmm. is vitality. And so I'm constantly like asking, how can I harness this? How can I channel this? How can I tap into this? Mm-hmm. Uh, how can I be connected to this? How can I deepen my relationship with this? Mm, yeah, so beautiful. It's very interesting. I, I also share that belief that our eroticism is our, our life force energy. And it's this like current that is just so connected to the divine and also to, I think, as above, so below. So connected to like lower realm energy as well. And it's interesting how in this life experience, human life, (laughs) we've interpreted that as um, only being available in the context of sex. Mm. And I think that it is so much more expansive. Absolutely. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I'm wondering if this resonates for you, like thinking of eroticism or the erotic as this umbrella of, and that I think, I think that the Western culture really conflates eroticism with This is like what you're saying with sex, with things that have to be sexual. It's like, oh, there's so many flavors and so many dimensions and so, so many ways to be in relationship with the erotic that aren't sexual or don't Mm -hmm. have to be. And that's also, I feel like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's a, there can be a lot that we lose if we think that this always has to be in the realm of sex, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting too because uh, I feel as though sometimes these energies or these concepts are constrained by the words they exist in. So even sex can be limiting. And I feel like maybe this is something that I have seen you write or share about is just kind of the expansive nature of our own definition of what sex is. So I'm curious about your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm so passionate about this process of redefining what sex is for ourselves Mm. and getting to really feel into what actually feels empowering, what feels expansive, what feels like there's more room to, to play, to discover different types of pleasure or connection or sensation and yeah and thinking about like this very heteronormative uh cisgender definition of like 
penis and vagina is sex and sex is Mm -hmm. more procreation or sex is between a man and a woman and how that's so incredibly limiting and yet there's so many of us including myself that are like day to day doing that deeper almost subconscious work to be detangling those Mm. really deeply ingrained beliefs right Mm -hmm. and to be able to um I almost feel like we can intellectualize, at least I can, (laughs) really well. Like, yeah, like I I don't necessarily believe that um, I can intellectualize that sex is more than penis and vagina. Right. Right. And there's still these ways that like our, I feel that our bodies move at a different pace than our minds and also Mm. that it takes, yeah, a lot of patience and time to be rewriting these scripts that have been reinforced for thousands of years, right? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I relate to this so much and I feel like in, um, more recently in my own way, I've been doing a lot of hypnotherapy work and intellectually what I've been focusing on is like, I can understand like why I'm having certain things, thought patterns, beliefs that I'm holding onto and I understand them. I trace their roots. I like can integrate, but it's still uh, something that you have to reckon with within the body and within the subconscious. And that goes beyond the realm of uh, <laughs> like logical thought and reasoning. And it's just a whole other experience or language to learn. Um, but I love what you touched upon is it being also related to body. And I know that movement and the body is also so much part of your work and has been really inspirational for me to witness that. So um, whether it's in regards to exploring our sexual identities or gender identities, I'm curious like how movement and uh, connecting to the body can perhaps be like a medium for healing or self-discovery. Yes. Yes. Like doing the healing that our minds can't access, right? Yeah. (laughs) How hard they try. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really love this truth that our bodies have this remarkable somatic intelligence, right? And this wisdom that, our minds can try really hard to grasp or understand or analyze. And so, yeah, movement and dance feel like they can really bridge those gaps of embodiment of like how to experience like a felt sense of pleasure or of a new definition of sex or a new like unique definition um of intimacy relationship like all of that and yeah thinking about how that weaves into gender too um i've been sitting with this curiosity of what what's happening in my own exploration as i start to take away the words masculine and feminine Mm. start to have that be an invitation to expand my vocabulary and also tap more into sensation or tap more into like 
what are these more nuanced, subtle things that I'm feeling in my body? Um, and, and if they feel good, how do I want to create more of that? So like, yeah, with, I'm trying to think of things that I've been like lately really enjoying. I feel like this practice with movement of expanding and then like deconstructing my body. So quite literally, like how much space can I take up in whatever kind of energy is feeling like yummy to me in that moment? And then letting my body um, kind of lose its like symmetry or form or like let myself contract in a way that can almost be like a like a death and a rebirth and a death and a rebirth. Um, Ooh, I yeah. love that. <laughs> My movement practice that has felt really exciting to me lately. Mm, wow. I want to try that. <laughs> yes. It so, sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. My mom was a ballet dance teacher. And so I was raised doing ballet and it's still something I love, love, love. Um, but it is so much about control and body mastery in a way. And I think that that's, of course, one path of exploring the body. And I think it's also really great in its own form. Mm -hmm. However, it is so empowering to release and to explore different patterns of movement and how our emotions can uh, be a guide for, I guess, expanding our understanding of how the body moves. And I feel as though that can be such an ally practice when you maybe don't feel embodied in your sexuality or in your gender expression and how it could perhaps be a way to connect to that part of the spirit that's maybe guiding you. Um, so yeah, that's just really powerful. Yeah. I love that. Like, I love that. Yes, there can be such healing that happens from having more structure or having something like, a like a genre of dance that you're getting to learn technique in and, and learn like, yeah, more, uh, kind of language for the body and like getting to understand that that's just one, that's just one piece. And then there's so much else that we get to tap into. Uh, if like, I almost feel that lately I've been really interested in how to unlearn some of the technique like I'm so grateful for, I'm so grateful for my background and getting to train in certain genres of dance. And there's something exciting about like, what's in between this or what's underneath this or what is like, um, what wants to come through when I have more space to just let my body do the guiding. more. Mm. Yeah. Like our intuitive nature of movements, like what is it that how would we move if we never were taught how to move? Yes. Um, so I'm curious, what is your, your background in dance and movements? Yeah. So I grew up as a competitive gymnast for like age th from age three to 18 was like wow. a really, really huge part of my life. And 
it had so many blessings and it also had a lot of hardness <laughs> um, <laughs> around like the extremes of that sport and the ways that I was taught to like ignore my body, uh, ignore mm. the of pain or um, have to, you know, count my calories or have to like have uh, some pretty uh, intense spaces where I didn't really learn how to have body autonomy and boundaries. Uh, so, and there was so much that like the, in the blessings piece, it feels like it was a way that I got to feel the power of my body. And I got to learn what just the vastness of potential of like strength and resilience that can exist. Um, so that was, yeah, a huge part of my life. And then with, through injuries, I was being guided to pick up some other form of movement. So in college, um, I started dancing and I was, I was being trained in like kind of cross training with dance and gymnastics, but college was a time where I really got to dive into movement, uh, at UC Santa Cruz and get to take all kinds of classes and, eventually connected with this contemporary company called Flex, directed by Leslie Johnson. And that was a place where I got to really be dancing alongside other queer people, people that were using dance as a way to tell really beautiful narratives of mm. love and intimacy and connection that were um, different than I had ever seen at that point in my life. Oh, wow. That sounds so yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. It, it really was a pivotal time for me. Mm -hmm. Um, that kind of led me into burlesque, the world of burlesque, which hey. <laughs> <laughs> and grateful for the ways that that really felt like such this incubator and supportive, uh, place to, learn how to see and love my body in new ways that were kind and um and then that then I went into kind of more experimental uh performance art and now I'm kind of landing in like how can I take everything that I've learned and facilitate spaces where it's not so much about technique or about the ways we look, but really more about that intuitive connection with body and how does our body want to move? And like in order to even feel safe enough to do that, what are the conversations we have to be having with other people and with ourselves around body shame and mm -hmm. around um, the taboos of <laughs> that we're residing in the systems of oppression that we're residing in. So yeah, that's like a summary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow, it's it really is quite epic. <laughs> um, and I really love that unlearning and learning is uh, a part of this. It's like an ebb and flow of your journey. And I feel like so many people can relate to that, whether it be about their own relationship to dance and movement, the erotic, or any form of artistic expression. Um, what I think is so powerful too is that 
you know, dance and movement can be storytelling and not just storytelling for the sake of an audience, but storytelling for the role of the teller Mm -hmm. and how important it is to move your body and tell the story of your body as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that I feel so many people perhaps need like self-permission to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And in our society, we don't really have spaces to move our body that's not, you know, for a goal (laughs) or for, uh, you know, someone else's enjoyment. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious how this will evolve and manifest uh, for for all movers and shakers to to start to uh, interpret dance and movement for the sake of the self. Yeah, for our own gaze, mm-hmm. our own, for our own healing, and for our own discovery, right, of like what stories live in me that I have mm-hmm. never told through movement before because I haven't had the spaces to feel safe enough to do so mm-hmm. or invited to do so. Yeah. I have a friend, a dear friend who um, taught uh, like erotic movements at like a pole place in Los Angeles. And I remember there was a time a few years ago where we were just like playing around and she was kind of like teaching a class just for me. And I couldn't let myself move my body in an erotic way. It felt so vulnerable. And I know that Everyone has their own level of comfort and discomfort, but perhaps for someone who has never allowed their body to move in, um, you know, this more non-traditional way, how would you perhaps guide someone or what words of wisdoms do you have to begin this journey? Mm. The first thing that came to me was... Tapping or exploring, tapping into or exploring, like the simplicity of just shaking, mm. um, like really like animalistic, primal, not worrying about what you look like, just allowing your whole body to like shake and wiggle and like feel the feel gravity, maybe that looks like more bouncing or maybe you feel comfortable starting with like one area of your body. Like you feel like I have some capacity to shake my head or shake my shoulders. Maybe like you get to start with the places that feel more accessible and then like work your way to places that feel more uncomfortable to shake or move. Mm. And, and like connecting in with like animal world too. Sometimes I love being like, what, what, what ways can I get into my animal body? Like, Mm. does it help to crawl? Does it help to howl? Does it help to um, roll on the floor or, and so that's one thing that that comes up as an idea. Um, And then I know this doesn't work for everyone. This is something that feels like (laughs) connected to like the, challenger in me like the the ways that I feel like my own like queerness mm. has made me f- like 
it, it's I know it's brought this like fire of like rebellion, right? Of like, mm. like wanting to challenge all the things. <laughs> and so <laughs> something that can be like really good fuel for me mm. is to come up with prompts that feel really provocative, like like dance in all the ways you've been taught not to. And like mm. how how does that uh is there like it almost goes beyond like vanity, right? And into like this is political and this is like rebellion and this is like pleasure activism. And this, this is like a a form of liberation that can sometimes bring me out of my head and into my body. Um, Or like tell an intimate story that's never been told before with your body. Things like that. So yeah, some ideas. (laughs) Great ideas. I'm going to go dance later. (laughs) I love what you said about uh, liberation and about kind of pleasure anarchy. And I feel as though that's something that um, maybe we haven't like talked about fully in depth on the podcast before, but like one of the core reasons why I was so excited to, you know, start this podcast is because sex and magic are both very taboo conversations. And I think important to have, because when we, when we illuminate them with presence and awareness, then we can reclaim the power. And I also feel as though, you know, like you said, some some types of movement allowing ourselves to take up space in these specific ways have been, you know, part of controlling a society in a very capitalistic, patriarchal, um, normative kind of way. And that something as simple as allowing your body to shake or wiggle or move in a way that goes in contrast to how you were trained to behave something so simple like that can be so powerful and ripple out in healing for personal and collective healing. Yes. Yeah. So much. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's unlocking that can happen in those moments. Mm. And, um, and what I love, and this is something that I get chills thinking about, like in workshops that I've gotten to facilitate, is once we have felt some of, like once we felt a moment of, oh, this is what's beyond this taboo, or this is, oh, this is what my erotic power or my erotic yes feels like in my body, or this is what like opening my hips or my legs or like moving in a way that I've been trained not to feels like once we can like, even if it's a fleeting moment, be able to experience that, like that becomes a reference point, like an access point to keep returning to again and again. Um, And it's something that can't be unfelt. And I love that. I love that Mm. we like, you know, it's embedded. It gets to stay with us. And it, it like for to be in the, this experience where so much has been taken away, like any moment where we get to take back and we get to feel like, oh, this is mine. That this mm-hmm. is, this is for me is incredibly powerful. Yeah. The power of reclamation. Mm-hmm. 
It's very deep magic. And I love what you said about how like these experiences, these activation points that we create also are like portals. And I think that that's magic, you know? Yes. Um, So as you know, we are the sex magic podcast. (laughs) So I'm curious how magic um, comes through for you and also how it might weave into your sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I love magic. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like connecting to spirit, connecting to source. It's something that is such an anchor for me. Like I don't. It's it's like. It also feels incredibly mm, how do I want to word this? It feels very erotic. It feels like my altars are often dedicated to pussy magic to like to and 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 it goes beyond pussy magic, but like this, like, like even parts of the body that have been, uh, that we've been taught to ignore or to like hide. Um, and like, I've been thinking about how I want my, my body to be like this, like literal, literal pussy altar through like tattoos and through like art and Ooh. just feeling like how, how is this portal, like this womb space or like this, where we all come from, how that feels like such an, an origin for me of my magic Mm -hmm. and, um, something that I, in my own body, like go to for intuition, for being able to like, listen, uh, and tap into that wisdom. I definitely, um, I definitely support this and I relate and, uh, yeah, it's, it's beautiful how, we really have our bodies also as an altar that you don't need to find external mystical items or anything, but really like the source of the magic will always be you. And it's beautiful how that manifests for you as the, the pussy altar. I love that. (laughs) It's empowering. It really is. That's, that's been a source of, um, you know, shame for a lot of people throughout history. Um, and it's, again, like something so simple as, as, you know, accepting this part of ourselves or embracing and loving and dedicating magic to this part of our bodies or, or any part of our sacral. I think that it's just, uh, again, a liberation from past belief systems so that's beautiful yeah yeah and I love the reminder of we are a moving altar and um I remember like coming I was traveling a lot and that was something that came up is like how am I connecting to spirit um in ways that feel anchoring to me and one way, like a ritual that I started doing was just genital gazing and just being able to like look in the mirror and have time with that part of my body and with, um, and or masturbating, self-pleasuring or like 
how do I get to use my space um, as a whole also as my altar and orient towards pleasure, orient towards the colors or textures or sensations that mm. feel yummy and delicious and connect me in. Um, yeah, so I just really love that reminder of we we get to be our own altars and we also get to build you know, we get to extend that beyond ourselves too. Yeah. Yeah. And that pleasure is a compass. And if it's guiding us towards that true north of our erotic spirit, that is our, our, our vitality, our life force as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also know that um, I believe you identify as a bruja. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, um, I suppose if, you feel called to share a little bit of uh, that identity and how it manifests for you and perhaps if that uh, connects to your lineage and if that informs some of your magic and your work as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so my dad's lineage is Mexican and um, it's been really so healing to to connect in with that part of my ancestry uh and getting to like meet some of my ancestors like my aztec ancestors that are mm. that feel like such guides for me especially because my upbringing was so westernized and so diluted uh, i didn't that Mexican culture felt very watered down, um, very much like, yeah, being immigrants that came came to America, like really like banning Spanish from the home. Um, wow. We speak English now, like just a lot of, there's, yeah, so much that, again, I'm needing to reclaim. So like being able to spend time with, learning more about my ancestry and um yeah this it feels like 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 using being able to use different like whether it's spells or whether it's prayers or um whether it's like just specific medicine that I'm getting to learn feels like I even like my shoulders just like drop in like feeling into it of oh I get to call pieces of myself back here mm-hmm. it feels like a lot of being a bridge um between earth and spirit, like how am I able to be that medium? Um, as with most magic, like element, elements feel so, so huge in that, in that practice. Mm. How, am I, how am I working with the elements? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. It is so incredibly healing to dive deep into our bloodlines and to reclaim certain parts of our ancestral traditions and 
um, paths that maybe have gotten lost or even severed uh, throughout history and and reclaim those parts of ourselves and like you said bring it into this realm and that is such like powerful magic and liminal spaces liminality the the deities and goddesses of you know um the crossroads persephone is a major goddess for me so standing with a foot in both worlds and dream world spirit world and the physical realm that's just a a wonderful archetype that i feel is is powerful when you're doing that that form of magic for sure um yeah yeah and there's been a lot of grief work in that too of um how challenging it's been to find or connect in with information of like, um, yeah, yeah. What are these spells and like what and how do I find them? And so that's been part of of like community and networking has been so important in that. And also getting to trust, getting to trust that it's in me and trust mm. I get to follow that compass and get to that internal compass and. Um, I think that really comes through for me in movement. I think that's why that's been such a powerful medium is like, oh, I, I can, I get such like electric energy and like pings in my body of like, whoa, I've done this movement before. I like, Mm. these are like chants and these are stories that have been told by my ancestors that I get to, uh, access in this in this form that I'm in. Yes. Oh my gosh. My whole body is buzzing. (laughs) Yeah. I I totally agree. It's, it's like this, um, encoding, uh, this blueprint that is always available to us. If we, we trust that part of ourselves and listen and connect with that deep part of ourselves and part of our past as well. Um, and it's interesting to me as well. I feel like something that I always wrestle with is, oh, like in order to know this form of magic, I have to study it and learn it and be trained and initiated. And the truth is, is that concept is so patriarchal and exclusive and also um, like capitalistic as well like if you can only afford to have this information it's only accessible if you do this this and this when i think so much of magic is available to us and accessible to us and is like you said part of our bodies knowing Mm -hmm. and it is so ingrained i think the human spirit consciousness as well this collective consciousness Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I really appreciate that reminder. And yeah, as you were saying that, I was thinking about how how discouraged I felt in in the path of connecting with my lineage, and especially, and also having a lot of familial trauma. So not having like family that is safe to go towards to ask these questions um and and a recent moment where I really like felt that embodied like oh this exists within me already was 
I had a first appointment with a pelvic healer, a Mayan pelvic, uh, or a pelvic healer that does um, Mayan massage work. And her name's Andrea Thompson. She's incredible. And it was like this beautiful like ceremony of returning to my womb space, like returning to even to have my abdomen and like these parts of my body touched in a non-sexual way and in a way that was so deep and so caring and so nurturing, I felt like, whoa, this is, this is opening new pathways, right? In my, in my everything that was like very groundbreaking. Um, and there was so much wisdom that got to come through in that space just by having the container to like touch to listen, to be held. And yeah, that was really affirming to have that experience. Wow. That sounds incredible. Wow. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. It's, it's also interesting too, how, you know, we've talked a bit about movement and the body, but also that like act of just being touched and receiving as well. And how uh, radical that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it really is so radical. And it, it's something that um, I feel like we've been taught to be desensitized to or like overlook is the power of even self-touch, right? Being able to, again, like bringing in elements. Like I love thinking about sensation play as like elemental like how can I touch myself like water or with Mm. water how can I um touch myself in a way that feels centered in earth Mm. um and and maybe that's like literally bringing in elements of earth to graze on my body or to create different sensations with but like you're so right. Like the, it is so radical to be able to have that knowing of, I can open up so much through, through my, through my own receiving of touch. And then of course that gets to uh, connect and be expanded to other people and getting to receive from other people. I think for me, like, um, I'm just now opening up a lot of portals around my own mm, capacity of what can I experience in my own body as far as sensation and touch. And even as I was getting that abdominal massage, I was like, holy shit, I haven't touched my own abdomen in this way ever. Like, wow, that's, that, you know, that's, (laughs) that says something. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like how we have been conditioned to act in a certain way, to treat ourselves in a certain way um, without allowing that n- like natural impulse or intuition to, to be the authority. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, self-touch has been something I've been trying to work on this year as well. Um, someone who I've struggled with like body image and eating disorder and all that for many years, but like just the act of anointing my body with oils and giving myself the the touch I seek, giving myself the attention I seek and pleasure. And um, for me, so much of my personal relationships have been impacted by finally giving myself what I've always been looking for from external sources as well. So, yeah. So how do you feel um, if you are comfortable sharing how maybe some of your personal relationships are impacted by the the expression of movement and the the path of empowerment through these modalities of healing that you you lead and practice so gracefully. Mm. It's a beautiful question. Um, I'm able to offer the relationships that I'm in so much more, so much more because I have a more known and assured sense of self. Um, that sounds so simple, but <laughs> when you come from trauma and when you come from, well, when you are just operating in these systems, it's like incredibly hard to know who we are, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like differentiate, like what are my limits? What are my desires? What are my boundaries? Who am I? What do I need? All of that has been so integral to be able to bring into my other relationships. And it's so amazing to see how, like, I, I learned complete enmeshment, like codependency. Like, that's what, that's kind of the origins that I was raised in. And so to, to be like, oh, what is autonomy? <laughs> and yeah. how, how is this differentiation actually deepening my intimacy with other people? Mm-hmm. And how is the honest and radically open communication of my no's and my yeses and my needs and the ways that those can be different from other people that I want to do, how is that actually like weaving us closer and bringing in more depth and trust and love and connection? Um, yeah autonomy it's to me so so beautiful the ways that when we get to have ourselves we can then like truly (laughs) have ourselves in relationship and that was a really unfamiliar concept to me for a long time wow the way you phrase that is uh something I haven't like actually thought about or integrated really how like you can't be in a relationship if you can't be (laughs) wow that's really powerful like that the when we don't know where we begin and end Mm. when we don't when we can't um distinguish what is me and what is other Mm. then it's like this it's like i i I'm thinking of a analogy of like two trees that are growing too close together, right? Mm. And they're shading each other. They're not able to get sunlight and they're also like their roots are all intertwined so they can only grow a certain amount, right? It's like this um, 
practice of how can we actually be far enough apart that we can be our in our fullness and then that bring that into the connection yeah wow absolutely and it's foundational truly um but again sometimes the simplest concepts can be like the most wild to wrap our head around I'm like wait <laughs> <laughs> Trying to sort this information. <laughs> Wait, completely transforming my entire um, identity. That's totally fine. <laughs> I guess when I'm reflecting on the conversation we've had so far, I feel like a thread is like how well, how all of these things are very interconnected, right? <laughs> that they don't exist in vacuums, that they, like our gender and our spirituality and our movement and our bodies and our sexualities, like just all of it is this, it's like weaving such a beautiful tapestry, right? Of, mm -hmm. of our experience. And I've lately been thinking about sexuality and gender as like an ecosystem, like how maybe what we, or probably what we've been conditioned to believe is that, you know, there's a binary, that there's, it's black and white, that it's really simple. Um, so starting to unlearn and like get to see, oh, but like there's so many landscapes and there's also so many, yeah. Um, living forms and colors and uh, like different kinds of trees and flowers that like get to exist in these parts of ourselves and that uh, kind of like like age where we can we can like we can know that it's changing over time but we can't like will it to change right now like I also think of our gender and our sexualities in that way of like, instead of them being these stagnant yes. checkbox things that like have to stay the same, they are, they are going to inevitably change over time um, for most, not for everyone, but like, but, but there can be evolution and there can be transformation in these parts of us. And um, I was just reading gender beyond the binary by a look this morning like with my mm. baby. um and then I was reading this amazing zine uh and it's it's rewriting I'll have to get the exact name of it but um it's it's such a beautiful just expansive opening of like oh yeah we get to be complex. We get to have layers. We get to have so many different dimensions of these parts of us. Um, mm. And I don't know if any questions come up for you within any of that, but just wanting to drop that in. <laughs> no, I, I'm just uh, enjoying daydreaming about this ecosystem and the, the evolutionary patterns of the earth and of geography and landscape and terrain and how that how change is is part of that and how we are connected to to the earth like 
something that I, I'm always thinking about, especially as a green witch, is that we are not separate from the earth, that we are part of the earth. We are expressions of the divine and we are cyclical beings. And that includes our sexuality and our identities and how we express ourselves, connect to ourselves, intimacy. Um, and so I'm just uh, enjoying that, that visualization. Um, and that's a beautiful place to be. <laughs> It really is like having the feeling that spaciousness um, and liberation to be able to advocate for like this gets to be such a rich dynamic experience that it doesn't have to fit into one label that it doesn't have to fit into what media or politics or um anything external says it needs to yeah definitely and i feel like so much of this path requires conscious awareness and deep listening to the self um so I'm curious, like perhaps if someone is feeling inspired by this conversation as I know I am, <laughs> um, what are some maybe just like tidbits of wisdom to, to support them on this path? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the centering of curiosity as something that gets to invite forward that consciousness, that awareness, that self-inquiry. Mm. Um, hmm. I, what would I want to leave y'all with? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. I guess I'm thinking about <laughs> like if your sexuality could move how would it move like mm -hmm. as, as anyone that wants to explore a movement prompt you can also translate that like you can use gender how would your gender move in this moment um and I actually want to drop in this resource because it's incredible. The zine that I mentioned, it's called Mapping Your Sexuality. Ooh. And if you actually Google, um, I could give you a specific link or I can share that if you Google sexual orientation zine, it will pop. Amazing. Um, it's amazingly written. And like, I feel like it could be a great resource for anyone that's like, I feel inspired by this. I want to go a little deeper. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, I'll definitely include uh, that in our show notes as well. Okay. Um, so we are approaching the end of our conversation, uh, but we always ask this final question to our guests, which is if you could give your younger self a piece of advice about sexuality, spirituality, what would it be? Mm. It would be that your sexuality and your spirituality is like your fingerprint. Like there's no, there's no one exactly alike. There's no, there's nothing 
quite like the combination of what you are and simultaneously that there's so many people on this earth that see you and that will continue to see you and that understand what it is like to be outside of the margins of what's mm. normative. So kind of having the, this, like, I'd love to share with like little Che that there's, there's a both and that like, there's a superpower in your queerness and in the uniqueness of who you are. And there's also your family and, and people that are going to be able to see you and hold you through. Mm through all of it. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. Thank you. I need to hear that too. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Would you like to share with our listeners how they can connect with you or if you are uh, sharing anything you want to talk about? Yes, I would love to share. Um, You can find more of my work at chechayluna.com and or on Instagram which is che.che.luna. <laughs> and I have a pleasure offering out right now that is a sensual movement experience uh, that guides you through a collection of prompts that allow you to deepen self-intimacy and pleasure. And so if that's something that sounds fun and exciting, that link is in my bio. And then I also have a new project that is called Sensual Self-Care Academy, 33 Days of Pleasure Practice. That is going to be so yummy and I'm so excited about it. So that will be announced both on my website and Instagram. And also just thank you so much for having me. This has been such a gift. I feel really expanded by our conversation. (laughs) Thank you. The feeling is mutual. The Sex Magic Podcast is more than just a podcast. We are a collective, a community, a conversation. If what we do here resonates with you, I'd like to invite you to join us on Patreon. But what even is Patreon? It's an online platform where you can directly support artists and creators. In exchange, you receive exclusive benefits. It's a direct form of energetic exchange. If you'd like to join us on Patreon, we have some incredible monthly benefits, such as live Q&As where you can ask us questions every month and tune in to get them all answered. We also have an incredible Discord community where you can connect with other people around the world and talk about things within the realm of sexuality and spirituality, along with monthly resources, rituals, tarot insight, and crystal guides to help further your spiritual path. So if you'd like to support us and show us how much you appreciate the work that we do with the Sex Magic Podcast, I invite you to check out our Patreon. We have the link down in the show notes, but you can also go on patreon.com slash sexmagicpodcast.